Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we return to our study of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. Our study this week is in regard to one verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, which reads, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he explains the Christian concept of forgiveness in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Kind, Tender-Hearted, Forgiving. Therapeutic forgiveness is intrapersonal. Biblical forgiveness is interpersonal. If you don't know your prefixes all that well, intrapersonal means it's all about you. Only one person is involved. This is for you to deal with you, for you, by you, to help you feel better. Interpersonal means it's between two people. It involves both people, both parties. Therapeutic forgiveness is based on an anti-biblical doctrine of man. It's based on the goodness of humanity. Well, yeah, I know you, you, you crushed me, but I'm just going to blow it off, forgive it, and we're going to go on as if nothing's wrong. It's based on the presumption that everybody's basically good. Okay? That's not true. Biblical forgiveness is based on the work of Christ and an understanding of our need for a sacrifice for sins. Therapeutic forgiveness is for the sake of the offended one. It is all about you. It's to make you feel better regardless of the other person. Biblical forgiveness goes much deeper, much further, and it's for the glory of God. And it's for the good of other people, not just to figure out a way to not let them bother you, but to do good for them. Therapeutic forgiveness is unconditional. You just, you just do the forgiving, period, no matter what the other person does. Biblical forgiveness is conditional. Now, that might make you gag at first. But understand, it's part of a restorative process. You were not forgiven until you turned to the Savior. And the point is, in a biblical sense, you cannot forgive someone as God forgives you unless that person wants to be forgiven and seeks forgiveness as you did in turning to your Savior. That said, understand... It is your duty to stand ready to forgive and not torment yourself by ruminating on what hurt you in the past. I, I have people in my past who have, who have said that um, I'm probably not a Christian, I'm a fraud that I have ruined every church in which I have ever served, except Heritage, because I haven't had enough time yet to do that. 
that I'm not qualified for ministry, never was qualified for ministry, was told not to go into the ministry. There are people who will explain that to you in, in vivid detail. And that hurt. My splunkna was all over for weeks going through that. There were tears. That was pain like I have never known. And you know what? I yearn for the day to be able to forgive. I stand ready to forgive. I, I could bring myself to tears just by thinking of the, the conversation that might happen someday. A pastor friend of mine asked one of those people who said that about me, well, what would it take for you and Jim to be reconciled? And he said, in this life, nothing could do it. Oh, how glorious would it be to be reconciled? I'm, I'm ready. Now, I want you to think all the way back to the verse before the one we're studying to see what I mean by stand ready to forgive. We already saw verse 31 once. Let's look back, at it, look back at it again. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. I need to put away from me all those ugly things. Bitterness is that, is that resentfulness. Wrath is violent outbursts of anger. Anger is the, the grudge that's behind the outbursts. Clamor is yelling at people. Slander is insults. Malice is deriving joy from inflicting hurt or abuse on someone else. It's my responsibility to put that away. I refuse to water and fertilize those things so they grow in my garden. I want to starve them. I want to yank those weeds out so that I can be ready to forgive. Now notice the command there, let it be put away from you. That's being ready to forgive. Then, forgiveness is made possible by the offending party, and the door is opened to the possibility of reconciliation. Forgiveness precedes reconciliation, a subject for another time, what that means. Now, that's the pattern, Ephesians 4.32. I want to take you to a parable and visit another passage to give you more insight into forgiveness. One of the most difficult questions we face in dealing with the subject of salvation is, when is a person truly forgiven? Or how do I know if you are a truly forgiven person? How do I know if I'm a truly forgiven person? Well, the bottom line is simple. A forgiven person is changed. And he becomes or she becomes a forgiving person. So if we are to know when a person is truly forgiven, we need to understand what forgiveness looks like in practice. And for that, please turn to Matthew chapter 18. I had originally planned to start at verse 1 and uh, show you the context and go all the way through verse 35. I've learned from my sermon notes how long the sermon's going to be. That one would have been right at two hours. So, we're going to scurry. Um, 
Verses 23 through 35 contain this so-called parable of the unmerciful servant. Now, there's questions here about, starts out with the disciples wanting to know which one's going to be greatest, and then what about, you know, if somebody sins, and what about somebody harms a little one, and, and what about if my brother sins, I have to go and reprove him, and, and then comes the question um, in verses 21 and 22, what if my brother sins against me? He told me what to do to go and confront the brother that's sinning. What, what if it's about me? Well, Peter came up with the question, and he blurted out one of his proud answers to his own questions. You see, the rabbis taught that you needed to forgive three times. So I suppose if you lived in that world, you'd have to carry a little notebook with you with a person's name on each little page, and you can, you know, strike one, strike two, strike three. Okay, we're done. I don't ever have to forgive that person again. That was the teaching of the rabbis. Well, Peter thought he was really catching on. So he says, Lord, watch this, up to seven times? And Peter was just thinking, oh, man, we were arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. I just put that one away. I locked up that award. I'll forgive seven times. And you know what Jesus said to him, Matthew 18, 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's hyperbole for quit counting, you knucklehead. Just forgive. Then, verses 23 through 35 is where Jesus answers the question, what does forgiveness really look like? What is it like? I'm going to read the whole passage to you. I'm going to try to refrain from stopping and commenting along the way, and then we'll do some summarizing. Matthew 18, starting at verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with, <coughs> with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. Yes, I will define a denarius and a talent. And he seized and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell on the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went back and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. And the last verse, this is Jesus now commenting on his own parable. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if, you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.